like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. For me, it's a joy just hearing and sharing with you all so many fine musicians for Song of the Soul. I got to know today's guest through Annie Patterson and Peter Blood, the folks behind the immensely popular Rise Up Singing songbook. Joel Jenks made it into the just-released sequel, Rise Again. It's no surprise that he made the cut, as you'll soon find out with his tremendous voice and compelling and invocative lyrics, and with his gift of storytelling in song. Joe Jenks aims to change the world, and he'll surely change your heart as he joins us today by cell phone from Evanston, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Thanks for having me, Mark. Glad to be here. It's been a long time in coming. The anticipation has been killing me since I saw you at the Great River Folk Festival back the end of August. And if folks don't know about that Great River Folk Festival, on the web, it's greatriverfolkfest.org. happens the last weekend in August in La Crosse, Wisconsin. It was so wonderful to see you there. Peter and Annie got you there because your song, Rises One, is in the new book. But since then, you I think you left there and you immediately traveled several thousand miles, right? Yeah, it's been a very, very busy time for me. I was home in the Chicago area for a few days, and then I had a solo tour out on the East Coast, and then was back in the Midwest for about a week, and then was on tour through September, October. I was uh, in Ireland on tour the first two weeks, and then in Ontario the second two weeks, and then most recently was out in Spokane, Washington. I do some work with a group called Veterans Heart to Art, Veterans Heart to Art, and we use creative process visual art and poetry and songwriting and storytelling as a way for veterans who are processing traumatic experiences to tell their story in a safe environment and in a way that sort of circumvents some of the the gatekeepers in the mind and allows them to really authentically express aspects of their experience and stories that, that they might censor out in just a verbal narrative. It's proven very effective, and it's it's a real honor to be a part of that community using art and music and poetry to help people move past various traumatic experiences. 
I'll be taking a little bit of a sabbatical into the first quarter of next year. Most to have time to be at home and just wake up in the morning and remember who I am other than a guy who just, you know, travels all the time. I mean, my, I, I have friends who are deep into their spiritual practices and meditations and yoga and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I was starting to feel down about myself, like, you know, wow, I, I you know, I should have some practices. I don't really have any practices. And a friend of mine said, I think you do 150 days a year you perform and you have all the rituals and practices that go with setting up your gear, warming up and doing all of that, playing music. And he said, you also have these daily practices of getting up, loading your stuff into the car, driving, unloading the car. Like there's just all these routines. And he said, don't discount this as practice. And the point of practice is mindfulness. And there's no reason that you can't do the things that you do with uh, a level of mindfulness that really transforms them into practice rather than just work. And I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you told me that you'd been deeply influenced by Buddhism. So it's not just the philosophy ideas of Buddhism, but it's the practice. Have you had a meditation practice of that sort, or is it all through the rituals around your music? You know, at different times, I sat in Seattle for a year with a sangha, and then my wife and I moved to Cleveland, and I found a small sangha there that was led by a former Jesuit priest who had retired and left the priesthood, but he continued to do spiritual work, and he was in his mid-80s when I met him. He led a Buddhist meditation group, mostly based on the Shambhala traditions, and that was great. It was fun. That was a group of people that anytime I wasn't on the road, I sat with them, and they met on Tuesday nights, which is statistically the most likely night that I will be home as a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk a little bit more about your spiritual religious background. And part of this, I think, originates from the fact that you are actually a dual U.S. and Irish citizen. Is that true? That's correct, yeah. And how did that come about? A strange twist of genetics and geopolitics. I can't claim any credit for it. My granddad immigrated in 1914 and retained his citizenship. And in Ireland, as with the United States, any child of a citizen born on or off of that nation's soil is considered by law a citizen. So, you know, any child of a U.S. citizen born somewhere else in the world is still a U.S. citizen. The same is true of Ireland. So my mother was an Irish citizen, as am I. You know, it was nice. I was just in Ireland for a couple of weeks last month. You know, I was I was really aware of how many things that I just took as, you know, like family quirks or just thought it was my my people that did that. I realized, no, 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 that's very Irish. You know, like I was I was just kind of constantly aware of the depth of influence of Irish culture and traditions on my family. Are there specific pieces of Irish music which are particularly near and dear to your heart? You know, there's a song that comes out of the 1798-ish era of that bid for independence. That's called the wearing of the green. When my granddad immigrated in 1914, he brought a songbook with him that had a lot of songs from Ireland. Ironically, I think it was published in New York, but he purchased (laughs) it in Ireland. You know, I mean, New York was the hub of music publishing internationally, so it's it's not entirely surprising. But the song Wearing of the Green talks about some of the revolutionaries. It starts out, I met with Napper Tandy, and he took me by the hand, and these were a bunch of the revolutionaries, Wolf Tone, and a bunch of these folks that were sort of in exile in France, trying to regroup and figure out how to go for another push for Irish independence. And there's so much history in that song. 
and it speaks the oppression that the Irish people were going through, and it talks of their hopeful finding welcome in there's a line in there that talks about, Oh, Aaron, must we leave you driven by a tyrant's hand and seek a mother's blessing in a strange but happy land? For the cross of England's thraldom is never to be seen, but where, praise God, will live and die, still wearing a For some reason, that song has always captured something for me. You know, a lot of people think they know Irish music because they know a bunch of drinking songs or they know a bunch of rocket stuff. And I've always been probably much more drawn to the history of struggle and oppression and transformation. You know, I've been drawn into the ideas that came out of generation after generation of people who sought to live under their own flag and under their own rule. And it's, you know, it's it's really within such recent memory that that happened in the, the 19, early 1920s that Ireland became an independent republic and had its own constitution and its own governance. You know, it's just, it's fascinating to me. Our own revolution here in the States goes back so many more generations. There, there isn't really a living memory of it. It's, it's a historical artifact in some ways. But in Ireland, their revolution is still very much a living memory. Well, you do a lot of music that is social justice or awareness of people's conditions, I would say, as opposed to some people, some artists, you know, it's all about love and sex. And and not that I think you're down against either love or sex, but (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) That's just not what you center your music on typically. So what would you like to start out with for your song of the soul? I would say let's start out with Love is the Reason. And where does this one come from? This is very much a love song. In fact, I would say really they all are love songs. Uh, if I may quote Pete Seeger, someone asked him once why he didn't sing more love songs. <laughs> he looked at him and said, they're all love songs. <laughs> this is a song that, you know, we were talking about spiritual matters. This came from a parable out of Christian scripture that talks about the fishermen out casting their nets and coming up with nothing and they come into shore discouraged and their teacher, Jesus, uh, says to them, you know, did you cast your nets on the other side of the boat? And they dutifully put their nets down on the other side of the boat and came up with an abundance. But I used to work in the marine industry in Seattle and a lot of my friends were commercial fishermen. And that parable just really struck me as humorous in a way because I'm telling you, if you got in the business of a bunch of commercial fishermen and tried to tell them how to do their job, especially with an idiotic suggestion, like, did you did you try casting your nets on the other side of the boat? The response wouldn't be, yes, teacher, we'll try that. I mean, <laughs> there would be a lot of petulant and surly response to such a ludicrous suggestion. Inside of that, that more truthful understanding of that parable and petulance and the challenges inherent to trying to follow a path, even though it does not resonate with logic. I think I see myself in that. I see myself as those fishermen who are just like grumble, grumble, grumble. I know it's the right thing. I know I should try it. I know I should do it, whether that's hopping on my bicycle or exercising or meditating or eating healthy or whatever it is, you know, but there's this piece of me that just resists it. And so this song is really about relationship and about commitment to each other, but it's it's through the lens of that parable. And the song is Love is the Reason by Joe Jenks. There was a time when all I ever needed Was your smile to drive away my rain But now it seems that hopeful light is hiding Behind a cloud of anger and pain 
I thought everything I was looking for Was right here within my reach I think it's time we finally take our chances And let our hearts speak louder than our fears Because love is all I ever wanted Love is the reason I'm still here Will the sage said to the fishermen on the boat Cast your nets on the other side And with nothing short of astonishment on their faces They said, don't you think we tried? And he said, what if everything you're looking for Is right there within your reach I think it's time Finally take our chances And let our hearts speak louder than our fears Because love is all I ever wanted Love is the reason I'm still here I don't know where our story goes from here Too many pages left unread How to carve a pathway through this labyrinth we've built With all that's left unsaid Christmas. I forgot. I'm trying to keep straight of what we're talking about here. And you mentioned that Pete Seeger said, you know, the songs are all about love. What was your connection with Pete? You know, as a kid, I listened to Pete's music. You know, I was steeped in this traditional Irish music very much. And and my mother was very progressive, very much a, a feminist in her own way and in her time. And she was very concerned in the grand scheme of things with social justice, with equality, with fairness. 
I think she, she, I'm the youngest of seven children, and she kind of raised all of us to have some deep awareness of those issues, both through our faith tradition, uh, Irish Catholic, French Catholic, but also just through awareness of, of the world. But it, it came through the lessons of Irish history and through the songs, and she was very progressive. My dad was very conservative, uh, Korean War veteran, and, you know, very gentle man, but very set in a lot of his ideologies. So, you know, we were steeped in kind of this mixed marriage, if you will, of, of really differing ideologies. But it was through the music that I really began to learn progressive and radical politics, right in the presence of my father, who I think had no idea that as we were learning Irish history, that what we were really learning was radical politics and revolutionary politics. That just came into my music. It came in and I gravitated toward Pete's music when I heard it because I heard something very familiar in it. You know, even as, as a child, when they were trying to give me Disney records as appropriate children's music, I discovered Pete Seeger and Cat Stevens, and there was no turning back. <laughs> you know, it was, that was just between the two of them. They represented what mattered to me, because Cat Stevens was always so dialed in to the deeper mystical and spiritual content. And even when Cat Stevens wrote of social justice issues, he wrote, you know, almost from the standpoint of the Sufi mystics. You know, he wrote from a standpoint of compassion and love and gentleness and transformation. And you can feel currents of ideas that flow through a lot of Eastern philosophies and religions present in Cat Stevens' music. And then, you know, Pete Seeger was just, you know, on with the, the message of social justice and fairness and equality, but also in history. So it, you know, somewhere in that sort of melange of ingredients thrown in the teapot, my music emerged. We'll keep going with your music. What shall we share next to spell out the music of your soul? You know, I was thinking maybe we could go to, uh, as long as I was just talking about influences, maybe we could go to a song called White Buffalo. This is a recording from my record, Links in the Chain, but it's a song written by my dear friend and mentor and colleague, Rod McDonald. Rod is a great, great singer-songwriter who was a huge part of the village folk scene and singer-songwriter scene in the late 60s and through the 70s and on into the 80s. He was part of the fast folk community with Jack Hardy. He had a songwriting group that included Suzanne Vega and several other folks, and now he lives in Florida. But he went on a walkabout, as they would say in Australia, in the early 70s and just headed out with his guitar and headed out west and ended up getting to know a Lakota elder who really influenced, wrote the song White Buffalo. For me, it was, it was an important progression and something that helped me tie together a lot of different ideas that were coming into my life as a teenager. It's White Buffalo by Joe Jenks. Say you've got to lose before you can win. They say you've got to choose before you can give in. And you've got to cut loose to come back again. And it's a long way back home. They say you've got to fall. For you can land They say you've got to crawl Before you can stand You've got to lose it all To get what you've planned And it's a long way back home 
But it's a long way, a long way back home When you're standing on some place you've never known I might see you where the rivers flow Like me, you're looking for white Say you've got to die before you can live They say you've got to cry before you can give You've got to say goodbye to come back in And it's a long way back home They say you've got to see What you're going to grow They say you've got to need What you're going to let go You've got to believe What you're going to know And it's a long way back home And it's a long way Long way back home When you're standing on some place you've never known I might see you where the rivers flow Like me, you're looking for white buffalo Say to you farewell We will meet again In the hottest flames of hell I could only call you friend And when you hear that final bell Do not ask who's round you're in Until you've found your way back home And it's a long way Long way back home When you're standing on some place you've never known I might see you where the rivers flow Like me, you're looking just like me Just like me, you're looking for white buffalo.
We're privileged to have Joe Jenks here today for Song of the Soul. That song was White Buffalo, written by Rod McDonald, but performed here by Joe Jenks on his Links in a Chain CD. A couple things I want to mention about that. Number one, White Buffalo. Perhaps people don't know the significance of White Buffalo. Could you share that? The white buffalo are natural white buffalo. You know, albinism in the buffalo is very rare. And when a white buffalo is born, it's considered a very, very sacred animal and a symbol of the presence of the divine, the great spirit of God among us. So the metaphor in that song really throughout is just that there are those of us that spend our lives seeking, seeking that which is beyond obvious understanding, you know, seeking the sacred in the midst of the mundane, and you mentioned on your website that when you were 14, you opened a concert for Rod McDonald at a folk club. I'm just was a little bit blown away at the age of 14. Were you skipping out of school or what? No, no. I, you know, I was, I was playing music professionally in my early teens. Uh, I had a gig on a little riverboat. I grew up in Rockford, Illinois. There's a little riverboat there, the Forest City Queen that the park district ran. And I used to, Friday nights in the summer, I used to play music on the riverboat, you know, when, when my friends were flipping burgers and doing other stuff for, you know, three and a quarter an hour or something, you know, I could get paid 50 bucks for playing music on the boat and giving up a Friday evening. And then I had my money for the week. You know, it's it, it's funny because, of course, making a living as a musician is not particularly lucrative for most of us. But as a teenager, I looked at all the, the stupid jobs that I could get as a teenager on a work permit. And then I figured out I could make more money singing than I ever could make doing other work. And it's work that I enjoyed and it was work that kept me engaged. And I think that just set the foundation for the rest of my life. You know, like it was just a way of using a talent that I had been given and cultivated to sustain myself. And, and I flipped burgers, too. I mean, I worked for the park district, you know, and I, they'd, uh, they found out I could sing, of course, so they'd put a nice jacket on me. They'd pull me out of the snack bar where I was cooking burgers and fries for people and send me out to the ice rink and lower a microphone, and I'd sing the national anthem, and then I'd go back and keep cooking for people. And they're like, hey, weren't you the guy that sang the national anthem? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was that. It was a fun gig. You know, I, I got to dress up in a giant polar bear suit, you know, when the kids had had birthday parties and be an ice skating polar bear, you know. <laughs> and singing too? Not in the polar bear suit, although that might have been a good shtick, you know. But it was, you know, but then that's how I ended up landing the gig. Everybody in the summertime. They found out that I had some skill and some interest. And that was several summers of my life when I was singing music on Friday nights on the boat. It was fun. If you're performing at the age of 13 or 14, does that mean your musical experience goes well back before that? When did you pick up guitar? Was this all vocal or what? Well, I mentioned I'm the youngest of seven children in my family of origin. All of my siblings are musical in one form or another. And we used to sing together a lot, you know, real tight harmonies, real tight knit stuff. My older siblings sang together in madrigals and were in a church choir together. And I was several years younger than them, so I was not really a part of their cohort. But, you know, still around the house and holidays and family time, there was a lot of singing. And that was just a part of the fabric of my upbringing. The, the tapestry in the background against which the whole of my childhood was set. So it was it was just kind of natural for me to move into that. And I had a, a house full of music teachers, you know, so anytime I wanted to know something or learn something, there was somebody who could teach me a little bit about it, who could satisfy my curiosity or send me the next step down the road on my path. So by the time I was 13 or 14, yeah, I was starting to play out. And of course, a lot of the places that were hosting music were serving alcohol, so you had to be an adult to go in or be accompanied. So my mom would come with me to, to shows so that I could play. 
And when did you start on the guitar? I was about eight years old. One of my older sisters had a mandolin, and I enjoyed playing on the mandolin. I started noodling on that when I was five or six, but then I was given a guitar when I was eight and started working on guitar pretty quickly. And by the time I was 11 or so, I was playing in church every Sunday with a contemporary music group there. And by the time I was 13 or 14, I was starting to play out. Well, it's off to the races early on and still holding up at 150 days out on the road per year. That's pretty good. Well, 150 shows, that's like 290 days on the road to do 150 shows. I'm, I'm home sometimes only 60 or 70, 80 days at most in a year. So someone else waters the plants. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I am married and my beloved is working on a Ph.D., and so she, she's the homebody here, and all the plants are in her office. I gave up the idea of keeping plants a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to remind our listeners that you're tuned in to Song of the Soul. We're speaking with Joe Jenks. His website is Joe Jenks. Jenks is spelled J-E-N-C-K-S, joejenks.com. And the easy way to find him is to come to the Northern Spirit Radio website, because this is Northern Spirit Radio production. When you come to our website, you'll find more than 10 years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests. You'll also find a place to post comments. And we'd love to hear from you when you visit. So please do post a comment when you come. You can also click on Donate, which is how this work is supported completely by your donations and it is full-time work so please support us when you come but even more important than that and i really recommend this very strongly support your local community radio station they provide you a slice of music and news that you get just nowhere else on the american airwaves and it's so vital that we have these alternative sources so please start by supporting your local community radio station again this is joel jenks with us here today i ran into him at the Great River Folk Festival back the end of August down in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Had a great time hearing his music and getting to know him through my friends Peter and Annie who were on the program recently. And because of that, I wanted to make sure you got to hear some of the great music coming out from Joe. You've got, I think, what, nine or so albums out there. Maybe it's ten, and some of them are you, and some of them are you with Brother's Son. You already mentioned you're going to have a new one coming up. And I have my 11th record as a soloist coming out in February. And this current record that I'm working on, Poets, Philosophers, Workers, and Wanderers, is the name. People can go to my website, joejanks.com, for more info on that. But yeah, I have a lot of guest artists, including Peggy Seeger and uh, Issei Barnwell from Sweet Honey and Rock and Reggie Harris, a bunch of people that I've met over the years from the People's Music Network. And we'll come back to that. Um, there's some elaborate string and horn arrangements. And, you know, it's just, again, I'm just kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit. Aren't you headed over for the winter, midwinter, whatever they call it, for People's Music Network? Aren't you one of the centerpieces for that this year? For the 2016 year, throughout the year, I'm the artist in residence for People's Music Network. So we have a gathering near Albany the last weekend in January, and then in the summer, the first weekend in June, we'll have uh, another gathering at a camp in the very northwest corner of Connecticut, just the south end of the Berkshires there. Oh, so you're the musician in residence for both of those and for the year. I guess I knew that Reggie was uh, last year, I think it was. Yeah, Kim and Reggie were last year. I saw it for both of them. I just thought, well, they just liked him so well. For one, they just had him back for the next, but it's a full year thing. Okay, got it. 
So this would actually probably be a good segue into the song The Ballad of Jashon, which is a song that I wrote about a young man in Cincinnati who was killed. My sister is a teacher in inner city Cincinnati, and this is a song about one of her students. Jashon Johnson grew up in a world of stone and steel. Where the neighborhoods have edges that are rough And the monsters of our childhood are real He had his problems in the classroom Though he always gave his best When he put on his gloves and stepped into the ring It was clear he was a notch above the rest Cincinnati Sean's father was his trainer and they made quite a team His parents' house was full of trophies and awards like a private hall of fame a tribute to a dream He was invited to try out for the Olympic Summer Games Everybody knew this was his ticket out And his life would never be the same in Cincinnati Sean would never box outside the ring For he knew it was not right Even pushed into a corner When some other young men Wanted him to fight He tried to turn away From their jealousy and rage But they attacked They cursed him and beat him One of them pulled out a gun And shot him in the back In Cincinnati Medics did their best to save Jashon But his spirit slipped away And we wonder where God's mercy goes When there's children killing children every day But the papers did not print a word About the promise of the young life that was lost All they could say was Jashon was the 21st said it is not how long we dance our feet upon this earth but how pure is our soul when we leave that's the measure of our worth and Jashon was pure if we honor him then we must not be afraid to feel the loss like the flower that 
takes a chance that there still might be a frost in Cincinnati. For me, that's a terribly sad song, The Ballad of Jashan by Joe Jenks. It's sad, even though there is some kind of a hopeful note about the light of such a life, extinguished far too early. It is a beautiful, inspirational role. I mean, just to think of him standing up but refusing to fight, that's not a mixture that you frequently find. Oftentimes, the person who stands up returns abuse or attempts to perpetrate abuse on other people. So that is a beautiful integrity to see. And that is from your The Candle and the Flame recording, which I guess was back in 2007. And that was one of your last solo or one of the most recent solo, because a couple years later, you start doing things with your trio as well. And what is The Candle and the Flame about, by the way? That is a song that I would swear I had written as a love song in a more traditional kind of romantic sense. But after becoming a student of the right Rumi, the great Sufi mystic and poet, I go back to that song and I realize it's about more than that. It's about love itself. It's not about love for a single person. It's about love with a capital L, which Rumi uses interchangeably as a word to describe the divine or to describe God. The interchange is God with the word love with a capital L. The tagline of the song, you may hold the candle, but you cannot hold the flame. You'll have to hear the song. People can, there's lyrics to all these songs up on my website. People can go check them out if they want to read them. But, so, yeah, there's definitely an undercurrent of sort of spiritual awareness and seeking that's present in all of my music, even the more hard-hitting you know, political or social justice stuff, I think, all comes from, comes from a place of seeking transformation, not just change. Change feels like a band-aid to me sometimes. You know, change is like addressing symptoms without addressing the cause. It's like the difference between a bumper sticker that promotes tolerance versus a bumper sticker that says celebrate diversity. You know, like there's a real difference between honoring or, you know, seek tolerance. You know, <laughs> I know that, that was a radical idea in the 60s and 70s and early 80s, but I think we've moved past it. I think the idea of celebrating diversity is, is much nearer the kind of transformation I'm talking about. Well, let's keep going with your music so we can get in as much as we can for the hour. Joe, what's up next? A song called Rise is One. You know, when I started touring early in my, you had asked me about Pete Seeger, and I wanted to come back to that. Early, early, early in my touring, I had a chance to meet Pete in Seattle. And then a couple of years later, I went to a People's Music Network gathering. I was invited to go by Pat Humphreys. If your listeners aren't familiar with her music, I'm sure they would love her work. I've only had her on twice so far. Oh, okay. Good, good. But, you know, Pat invited me to a People's Music Network gathering, and I got to spend a couple hours that weekend talking with Pete Seeger one-on-one. And even though we had met a few times before, it was the first time that, that I really had one-on-one time with Pete. And we spoke of, it was Father's Day weekend, and we spoke of our fathers and our brothers. And he spoke of his children being a father and, you know, being a grandfather and it was a really interesting conversation as men of different generations just talking about our place in the world and our role and how we saw the role of men evolving and changing for the better, for the worse. Um, 
And he and I talked a lot about labor, the role of music in the labor movement and workers' rights and civil rights. And this song definitely came out of that conversation. I went back to Cleveland where I lived at the time and I was invited to play music for a celebration of some school workers in a, a small rural district who had, much to their own surprise, gone on strike and won a better contract. This song is in the micro about that community and about that strike in the macro. It's really about the idea of solidarity and what it means to stand together as working people and to get past racism and sexism, the various aspects, even within the trade union movements of classism that keep us divided and view each other as workers, as our greatest ally and our greatest resource, the intelligence and the talent of working people when banded together can accomplish amazing things. It's really the heart of what this song is about. Rise as one. It is we when we ask for better health care or an increase in our wage, you tell us that the township can't afford to pay the bill. But you found half a million dollars from within those very coffers to try and break the union's back and break our will. We will never give up. We will never give in. And we'll never and our sons we will work till all workers rise as one we believe in education and the future of our town and the children that we serve from day to day whenever there's a need we always go the extra mile God knows we do it for the love, not for the pain. We have worked as hard as any for every inch of ground that we've gained in the struggle for our rights. And we will not stand by height as you try to tear us down. If we have to, we will organize a strike. We'll never give up. Let me hear you. We will never give up, we will never give in, and we'll never ever go away. Build a brand new future, we will build a brand new future for our daughters and our sons. We will work till all workers rise as one. didn't have a penny in the strike funds and the truth that made us all a little bit afraid but the call went out to every other union in the state and somehow all the workers bills were paid you see this isn't just our struggle and it isn't just our jobs 
And it isn't just the schools within our town When we dare to raise our voice Solidarity we stand With every other worker All the world around We'll never give up We will never give up We will never give in And we'll never ever go away Build a brand new future We will build a brand new future For our daughters and our sons We will work Till all workers rise as one We held a rally at the fairgrounds To show them our resolve Drum up some support for our campaign A thousand people hit the streets That's more than half our town And after that you know things couldn't be the same Well, whoever would have guessed it When this whole thing began We'd have the strength to hold out for so long But three months have now gone by And the school board just gave in On their demands Now we can sing our victory song We'll never give up, let me hear you we will never give up, we will never give in, and we'll never ever go away. Build a brand new future. We will build a brand new future for our daughters and our sons. We will work till all workers rise as one. We'll never give up, we will never give up. Till all workers rise as one We will build a brand new future For our daughters and our sons We will work Till all workers rise as one Beautiful Labor Anthem by Joe Jenks, Rises One. It's the name of the album that's on as well, and it's a live album. I'm glad that you came out with Rises One as early as you did. I mean, the process that went through to put together the Rise Again songbook, you know, it took the last few years. And so if you hadn't got this song out there into the world, it wouldn't have made it into the songbook. Of course, this is the first song I heard you ever perform because I hadn't heard your music before I went down to the Great River Folk Festival. Was this a coming of age moment to be in Rise Again? Very much, very much. You know, as, as a younger musician, I went to the Rise Up Singing songbook. You know, we call it the folk Bible. And, you know, it contains so much great music spanning a couple of centuries. I mean, from, you know, old child ballads to, you know, modern contemporary folk music. And to have a song in the new the sequel to that Rise Again is, is a great honor. Well, you know, I think we've got time for one more opportunity to transcend with music. So how would you like to conclude your Song of the Soul? 
But it's by a song called Come With Me. The literal interpretation of this song is, is a true story. I was uh, on retreat out in Northern California with Holly Near and Peter Alsip. It was on Peter Alsip's property. Peter's done a lot of great music for young people and, and a lot of great music for adults as well. Uh, and I, I nearly drowned in the Klamath River. And there was a woman on a retreat who was a lifeguard. And she, uh, she jumped in the water with me, but she didn't do all the lifeguard maneuvers I had learned when I was a Red Cross lifeguard. She just treaded water and invited me to place my hands on her shoulders. And she told me to take a deep breath and then one after another. And, and rather than save me from the trouble I had stupidly gotten myself into, she got into the trouble with me. She separated me from my panic and reconnected me to my breath into my power. And we swam together, finished swimming across, took a deep breath and swam all the way back across. It was just such a gift to me. It struck me so deeply that the power of community, the power of what we can do and be for each other is not necessarily in saving each other, but in really being present with each other. That that's the deepest calling of community. And that's really what solidarity is. That's the heart of, I think, folk music and the heart of labor and the heart of of any meaningful transformation work in the world is figuring out how to really be present with each other. That's so beautifully said, Joe. And this song does such a great job of conveying both the story and the metaphor, the meaning, the truth behind the facts. You do such a great job of that in general through your music. I am just so honored to get to know your music and to have you coming along, bringing in the power and the clarity that you have with you. The spiritual depth is just a fortunate, rich thing for my life. And I hope of all the listeners we've had here today, again, we've been with Joe Jenks. His website is joejenks.com. Jenks is J-E-N-C-K-S. And you can find the link on nordenspiritradio.org. Joe, thank you so much for joining me and really enriching our lives. Thank you, Mark. What a pleasure to be here, and I hope our paths cross again soon. And uh, thank your listeners for tuning in and supporting community radio. I mean, this is the heart of engaged programming in this country is independent radio. So thanks for all the work you and your listeners do to keep it alive. And again, this is Joe Jenks. It's Come With Me. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. I feel the current raging around me. Try to summon up my strength once more I'm weary on this journey Afraid I will not reach that distant shore I cry for help Feel like I'm sinking There is no one near me I can't see But there you are Water with me. Take my hand and guide me graciously. Will you come with me on this journey? With every breath we take, keep reaching for the dawn. I know alone that I will falter with a good friend near me. I will carry on. kindness in your smile and a gentleness within your speech you reassure me your love 
conclusion we carry with us as we wade on through the waters of our lives. We must be strong and hold our own here, but a helping hand will save us by and by. Will you come with me on this journey? Every breath we take, keep reaching for the dawn. I know alone that I will falter. With a good friend near me, I will carry on. Will you come with me on this journey? Every breath we take, keep reaching for the dawn. theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song